We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Week 16 of the NFL season, but let's be honest. The playoffs start on Sunday, and they start in Philadelphia. Two 7-7 seven and seven teams play for the postseason they are rivals it is going to be outstanding cowboys travel to the eagles for the nfc east crown and really a trip to the playoffs a grudge match it's a friday here on home and home radio.com sports original we're brought to you by zip recruiter the smartest way to hire check them out ZipRecruiter.com slash enter It hasn't been good for the Eagles against the Cowboys in Philadelphia. It has been downright ugly. Dallas has won 8 of 10 against the Eagles in Philly. So they are not just desperate for a win because it gets them into the postseason, because it's Dallas, and because they've been beat down by Dak Prescott and even by Jason Garrett in Philly. So the question to WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia was presented What would you sacrifice? What would you do? What would you give up for your team to win this game and have a clear path to the postseason? Angelo Cataldi from WIP made his sacrifice apparent here. I hereby pledge if the Eagles win Sunday, Ava Graham has agreed to go into the uh, commode right over there, Al, the Mm -hmm. little bathroom. (laughs) And to rinse my hair out in lime Kool-Aid. Oh, gosh. And they said it takes about a week for the green to leave. Really? For a week. I will walk around. Green hair? With green hair. Nice. Mm. All right? What are you giving up? What are you doing? What's your sacrifice? I would give up my career. Wow. Wow. What's your career? Uh, I currently work uh, as a tow truck driver for a company, but I've invested a lot of my own time and money into my career to better myself and to make sure I'm safe on the highway. What are you willing to sacrifice? I'm willing to sacrifice not supporting the Eagles financially. In other words, I haven't bought one Christmas present that has an Eagles logo on it. I haven't, you know, because, you know, they're just not supporting us. So I, I, my question to you is, is it, do I have to give it up? What are you giving up? I'm going to say something realistic. Good. Because I'm not giving up sex and I'm not giving up my job. Good. So I'm going to say I'll give up fantasy football, my one obsession. That way I don't have to root for any other teams except for the Eagles. WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia. I listened to the fellas this morning, and most of the callers seem to suggest their happy or sad Christmas depends largely upon the outcome of Sunday's football game. You gotta love Philadelphia. They have a spirit unrivaled. All right, speaking of that matchup, let's bring in our good friend Corey Majors from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Corey, good to see you, brother. Ross Tucker, Dave Briggs. I don't know if you heard, Angelo Cataldi said he would dye his hair green 
with Kool-Aid. Now, I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it takes a couple of weeks to wash that out. So the only question to you is, Corey, are you willing to dye your hair blue, blue raspberry Kool-Aid, if the Cowboys win? Um, no, because uh, because oh. the Cowboys still have a game against the Redskins next week. Here's the deal, guys. We have this thing called the Wheel of Misfortune, which basically made the KNC masterpiece famous around here. And the last one that I did, I said that Ezekiel Elliott would uh, would sign. We'd know by week three of the preseason whether or not he'd sign his contract. And I said if he, we didn't know, I'd drink a can of armadillo milk. Well, I got the armadillo. I see you drinking your coffee now. I got that armadillo milk, and it was expired. But since I uh, since I had already said I would do it, I felt like I had to do it. It was curdled, and it was terrible. And that's the last oh. time I ever made that kind of bet. So oh. I'm not going to do that anymore. Oh, all right, so God. first of all, I didn't even know they had armadillo milk. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, when you go down to San Antonio, man, uh, you go on the river walk down there. They have all sorts of stores you can go into and find just the craziest stuff from this great state of Texas. Holy wow. crap. Wow, including armadillo milk. Now, why didn't you buy fresh armadillo milk if you're going to drink armadillo milk? <laughs> I didn't. Well, first off, I just grabbed the can because I was like, hey, we'll need this at some point for our show. We're crazy like that. So I just grabbed a can out of nowhere. And then later on down the road, that was when the decision was made to go ahead and pursue something like this. So just because I had the can, I didn't even I didn't even look. I found out later and it looked like, you know, it looked like blue cheese dressing. It was terrible. Oh, oh. curdled armadillo milk, man. That is just <laughs> wretched stuff from Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. All right, we got to talk about the most famous injury in the NFL right now, which is the sprained AC joint of Dak Prescott. Number one, the obvious is, what are you hearing about it? How healthy is it? And two, what did you make of all the revelations from the Cowboys about the starting quarterback? I'm used to, you know, Patriots-like cover-up of all injuries, why did they reveal so much? Yeah, Jason Garrett never talks about anything. Like he, he never gives you anything in any of his press conferences. So we were pretty shocked whenever you wake up uh, that morning and you hear Tyron Smith has an eye problem, which it was a sty. Uh, and, you know, I'll put a warm compress on it. You're going to be okay. But then he follows that up with, and Dak Prescott's having a hard time. And then you're like, hold on, what, what's going on with his throwing shoulder? Hold on, what? And so when Jason Garrett reveals something like that, your first thought is panic, and then your second thought is, hey, is, is this a bit of a rope-a-dope? But we talked with Jerry Jones yesterday about it, and he was like, look, it's it's as serious as you think it is, but also this guy's going to be ready to play. These guys that play in the NFL, typically, they, they're they tough guys. They're, they're, they're strong guys. They'll do everything that it takes to play on Sunday, and this is a, a very special game, a very big game, and if Dak can move his arm, he'll be out there, uh, you know, tore it all, whatever it takes to – get the inflammation down, and then not feel the pain on game day. So what is the deal, though, Corey, with, you know, Amari Cooper saying, yeah, in the huddle, Dak told me it's an RPO, but I'm not throwing it. And then Zeke's like, yeah, it's his AC joint. I Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team be this outgoing and forthright with an injury to a player. It's kind of bizarre to me. Is this what it's like every week there among the players, just talking about each other's injuries and telling you all these kind of details? Or is this like unprecedented this week? 
Well, and that, that's that's curious too because this morning I was watching a video of Amari Cooper talking uh, about um, about when he had an AC joint injury and how they were like, oh, well, could you throw a ball? And he was like, I'm not a quarterback, so I've never tried to throw it as a quarterback. I was always just handing the ball off to somebody. But he said the biggest thing was that whenever you get tackled, you feel it. Uh, you feel it for about a minute and a half, and then it kind of goes away after that. So that's a big question of how the Cowboys would do it, You know how they're going to manage something like that if it's real. Uh, maybe it sets up perfectly for a, a run, run, play action uh, that could be big down the field, and then that could get the Cowboys off to something early, you know, if they get the coin flip right, right out of the gate. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, you know, that's, that's just kind of, it is, it is very abnormal for the Cowboys to be this open about things. But the players, when you're talking to Zeke, he's, he's pretty open about everything, except for the situation he had, you know, before where it was legal stuff. But most of the time, Zeke's pretty, he's an open book. Amari Cooper gives you well thought out stuff. So, uh, you know, and hearing Dak say, I'm going to be good to go, that puts a lot of, that's what we're going to ask today is, does that make you feel better about this or does it make you feel like it's going to be worse off and Dak's just out there with a bad arm? So we'll find out though. That's the, that's the curious part of it. He hasn't thrown all week. Uh, Does he need to throw in order to be uh, in in tune with his receivers and his tight ends and his running backs? Or does he have everything locked in step? If he's not throwing, we're going to see that today, whether or not he actually gets a chance to do it. He threw a couple short passes yesterday. Maybe they feel like they can take advantage of some screen game uh, with, with Dak this week, too. I'm all for transparency, but that is way too much transparency when you're talking about your starting quarterback's injured shoulder. Dallas needs 24 plus points because when they score 24 plus points, they are seven and oh. And when they're under that number, they are oh and seven. I'm surprised Corey, this is a one and a half point spread Cowboys favored. I don't know where Philadelphia is better on the entire roster. Maybe their offensive line is a little bit better than the Dallas offensive line, but it is a far better Cowboys roster. In my estimation, they should win this game by 10 points is Jason Garrett's job on the line Sunday. I don't know about Sunday because again, the Redskins game is an opportunity to, to get into the playoffs. And I've said all season that a, this was going to be the NFC East championship and it was going to come down to this. The Cowboys could get in as an eight and eight team. And, uh, and that there was a, that there was no chance that he was going to be fired from this job until they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And so far, they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Therefore, he still has his job. Jerry's, Jerry loves Jason Garrett. He wants to give him every opportunity that he can, but he's frustrated by the fact that this team is at a certain level of talent. And you're right. When I look at the, the Eagles team, without Lane Johnson, I feel like the Cowboys' offensive line is more talented there. Last week, Xavier Suofilo uh, had a really good a really good game against Aaron Donald. Now he got some great help from Travis Frederick on some late chips, but even still, he held his own against Aaron Donald. So that was pretty impressive because he's been maybe the weakest, absolutely the weakest link on this offensive line. But I look at the roster up and down, and I agree. I think Dak Prescott's better than Carson Wentz. I think the running backs are better, even backups and starters. And I think the wide receivers, maybe Ertz. Because Jason Witten, yeah. as, as an aged uh, tight end, he's still good, but he's no Zach Ertz. So aside from that, though, and that's that's actually where the Cowboys' defense is going to get the biggest struggle, is trying to figure out how to stop him. Maybe they move Byron Jones down on him like they've done before, but their linebackers can't co- cover Zach Ertz, not many can. 
I, I don't think it's on Jason Garrett's job uh, for this week. He got them to. He gave a great speech last week that uh, that convinced them to play inspired football. He showed them the video uh, of them playing great, uh, which seemed like a very desperate move to go do something like that. But this is a desperate time for a coach that might be in his last year. I don't think it's this game. I think it's whatever happens, whatever happens for the rest of the season after after they get eliminated from the playoffs. If they make it to the Super Bowl, which huh, like that's gonna happen, uh, then this. <laughs> The coach could be back, man. That'd be weird. So I guess my question, Corey, is are you guys in Dallas and your fans like depressed or really <laughs> happy after that week, you know, that game last week against the Rams? Because on the one hand, you could be like, oh, man, that's who we are. We're awesome. We could go for a Super Bowl run. On the flip side, it's like, dude, we have these guys and we're seven and seven. We have the same record as the Chicago Bears, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Eagles, who are playing with a bunch of practice squad guys right now. Like, I'm just curious because you could really take that either way. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got a little distracted. I wiped something off my screen, and as soon as I did that, you wiped your face. So it was really weird. It freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> uh, the uh, well, I I wasn't I wasn't depressed about that, and I don't think a lot of the fans are depressed, but they are like where's that team that why haven't we seen that team all season you've seen it about three times this year uh you saw it against the giants you saw creativity in the offense you saw a a quarterback that was doing some crazy things that you hadn't seen him do with the scott linehan offense before and then so you're like okay that's that's the team that they're going to be because the big question marks coming into the season were how will dak prescott respond with kellen moore as the offensive coordinator and i don't know if Kellen Moore has struggled to try and put it all together all season because it's his first year as offensive coordinator, or if he's changed his mind about some things and tried, you know, been in the lab a little bit, trying to figure some things out. But his offense has never been consistent against Philadelphia the last time. Ezekiel had over 100, uh, 100 yards, and he's the only running back as a starter that's had over 100 yards against Philadelphia this year. Rashad Penny had, what, 129, but he was not the starter Chris Carson was in that game. So I think the uh, I think that the we've been trying to figure out what the offense is all season and how they can sustain uh, consistency, but then you see that Rams game and you're like, that's the team. That's creative running right there. You saw creativity using Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott in the run game, and maybe that was out of necessity because of Dak's shoulder, I'm not really quite sure about that, but that was a team that you said, okay, that's it right there. The defense has played very uninspired all season. They haven't been tackling. They haven't, they, they've been very poor at tackling, as a matter of fact. And I, I wonder if they've kind of been saving up because the only thing that mattered for Jason Garrett, the only thing that mattered for this team was proving that they were a playoff team. And so there's this, I think the fan base, me mostly, and I keep pushing this, is holding and crossing the fingers and saying, Please just say that you've been slow playing us all season long and that you're going to show a, a full a full deck of aces and it's going to be an amazing game here down the stretch because that's all I can hope right now because the inconsistency has been sad. Corey, last one. You heard uh, a bunch of the Philly fans talking about giving up their jobs, giving up fantasy football, giving up whatever for the Eagles to win this game. Are you willing to admit right here on our airwaves on home and home that people in Philadelphia care more about the Eagles than people in Dallas do about the Cowboys. No, no, 
they don't care more about that team than they than the Cowboys fans do down here. This is Cowboys country. This is the entire state of Texas. Uh, how many how many Pennsylvanias do you think you can fit in Texas? About fifteen. Yeah, the entire state, even Houston, loves the Dallas Cowboys more than they love the Texans down there. So no, they they they, they are passionate about their team up there, but they want a Super Bowl and they're already trying to run their coach out of the town. Nah, and they, they actually have a really good quarterback. And guess what they're trying to do? Get rid of that guy, too. They don't care about the team. They just want him to win, and they don't know how to get it done. Talking to Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Sunday will belong to Eagles and Cowboys, but today belongs to the rise of Skywalker. As you know, the latest and last Star Wars installment out late last night, opens in earnest today. Can't wait to see it. Our friends on Swings and Misses, they thought someone you might recognize is very familiar and seems almost like a Star Wars character. Listen to this comparison. He's using the press as a means of communicating. But it's just the most old white dude thing you could possibly say. Well, is there an older, whiter dude than Jerry Jones? It's just just so toned up. No, he's gone kind of in that that whole vein of a... Like a dark Sith Lord, yeah. you know? He's very Palpatine-esque. <laughs> if, you, if you put a black robe on him, he kind of looks like Palpatine. So he, he, he initially Post-lightning surge. <laughs> Man, that's some swings and misses here on the Radio.com app. They say Jerry Jones is Emperor Palpatine. What do you make of that? Um, now, you guys do know that I'm the one that he yelled at recently, right? <laughs> no. Tell us more. I'm the one. I'm the one that he told to get his da- to get their damn act together because I asked him if he was embarrassed by the Chicago Bears loss. And so uh, I woke up that morning and was like, man, don't ask this question. I said, I actually absolutely have to ask this question. I have Jerry. Uh, the fans are, are, are hurt right now. How does he feel? And I think his response very clearly told you how he feels about this whole thing since then. Jerry has been very, uh, very amiable with us. With us, he's he's been great. He's told us some great stories yesterday uh, about you know about the past and about what he's hoping to do with his team. You know, we brought up uh, Lincoln Riley recently as a potential head coach, and he immediately brings up, "Don't forget about Matt Rule." He not as a potential head coach, but how they did at AT and T Stadium during the Big 12 championship game. We bring up Lincoln Riley, and he said, hey, don't don't forget about Matt Rule. That's a hell of a coach right there, too. So uh, Jerry's been great. He uh, he does run a lot of things, though. Uh, so when it comes to Palpatine and how he runs things from the background, I totally get that. Now, is Steven Jones his Darth Vader, and he's the one out there, you know, doing everything, or is it Jason Garrett? Because uh, that's a big question. we got to figure it out. And yesterday, we actually asked Jerry Jones about uh, whether he was more excited for the Eagles game or if he was more excited for the re- release of Star Wars, and he said Star Wars who? So, uh, so I don't know if he's he's that excited <laughs> about that comparison there. <laughs> so Jerry Jones is the Sith Lord, and Stephen Jones is Darth Vader. We were going to wrap this up, but then you led me down the road of who do you think is his top candidate if Jason Garrett's fired? You mentioned a couple of guys there. Man, uh, it was really interesting when we uh, when we had him on yesterday. We asked him what he thought about Tom Coughlin's firing, and I don't know if that would ever be an option because the players' association had so much to do with uh, with what was going on there. Uh, but he just he loves and admires Tom Coughlin, and told uh, and and told us uh, recently that that he didn't like well 
that college coaches typically have uh, a bad record coming out because they work on Sundays. And so he had all these reasons why he wasn't maybe feeling the college coach idea. Maybe he would rather have a veteran coach that's been in for a while. But, uh, but man, when you listen to Matt Rule talk recently and, and say you see a guy that comes in and has a vision for the team, and uh, then he gets, but he never gets to implement that vision. That means he's just there for the X's and O's, and that's why he was hired. Uh, I want to be the kind of coach that has the perfect situation. I don't know if it would fit with Jerry for that. So I, as much as I love Matt Rule, I, I kind of have to cross him off that because I think Jerry wants his vision to be the thing. Lincoln Riley and them have a, a, a good relationship because we, as we know, Stephen Jones Jr. Uh, uh, yeah, John Stephen mm -hmm. Jones actually met with uh, with Lincoln Riley. The family knows him. But I, I still think, uh, and my co-host hates it, Urban Meyer is the perfect guy for this because it's a clean cut. Uh, it, would be a, it would be a coach that knows the vision, uh, knows a lot of the players. Players have played for him. Ezekiel Elliott played for him. Uh, players know him, probably always wanted to play for him at some point and maybe never got a chance to. But no, that guy right there can lead us to a championship. So I think you have the talent. You just got to figure out how to get the message across to this team that they can actually win. Totally agree with you on Urban Meyer. If not Lincoln Riley or Matt Rule, don't go near fucking Tom Coughlin. That disaster in Jacksonville in the NFLPA. Then he is the Sith Lord because he's evil <laughs> if he goes near Tom Coughlin. Great to have you, Corey Majors. Can't wait for you to dye your hair blue with Kool-Aid for the win on Sunday. Appreciate the time, brother. Check them out on KNC Masterpiece 105.3 The Fan in Dallas on the radio.com app. Enjoy it, brother. Later, guys. All right, Ross. Uh, that was an interest. That was interesting insight on the hiring of the replacement of Jason Garrett. Yeah, I'm already firing him. I agree. I think Urban Meyer would be a great hire there. If not Rule or or Lincoln, no way he'd hire Tom Coughlin, would he? I I don't think so. That would really surprise oh. me. I don't think you want someone at that age. I don't think you want someone that would want that kind of power control. That that would surprise me. I think. Jerry Jones will be looking to hire somebody else if he does move on from Jason Garrett, as expected. Maybe he wants the type of guy that's willing to drink curdled armadillo milk. I don't know. That's my biggest takeaway from that interview is I'm still blown away by the curdled armadillo milk. I do know where Jerry Jones can go, though, to find his next head coach if he moves on from Jason Garrett. And obviously, it's ZipRecruiter. You guys know how much we love ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates, you can find it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. In fact, after posting your job on ZipRecruiter, I think you'll be surprised how quickly you get qualified applicants. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire.
All right, quick break here on National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day. When we come back, we'll get back to Star Wars. Cleveland Browns fans were recently asked, would they rather go see the movie or see their team play the Baltimore Ravens? You might be surprised by that result. We'll also talk about the prototype for the modern-day NFL quarterback after a quick break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Who is the modern-day prototype NFL quarterback? Could it be Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson? Could it be the guy who's going to be the number one pick, Joe Burrow? We'll discuss that in a moment on this happy, ugly Christmas sweater day. It is also opening day for the final installment of Star Wars. Cannot wait to see the rise of Skywalker. Going to see that over the weekend. Recently, Cleveland Browns fans were asked by their home sports radio station, 92.3, would they rather go see Star Wars or would they rather go see their team against the Baltimore Ravens? Actually, the buy-in price is exactly the same figure, about 18 bucks in the Cleveland area. We'll give you those poll results in just a sec on a football Friday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. Got to get your resume uploaded. Employers will find you there. Smartest way to find a gig moving forward in 2020. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker about to head over to New England for the Bills-Patriots game. They'll have the radio call on Westwood One. But first, Ross... I thought this poll, when I saw it on 92.3, would be like 90% Cleveland Browns, 10% Star Wars, because of course you'd rather go to an NFL game when your team's playing the MVP. Not so much. In Cleveland, 56-44, they say they'd rather go see, pay the same amount of money for Star Wars, the final installment, rather than Browns Ravens. What do you make of the results there? I'm not overly surprised, Dave. And I think Ow. there's a couple of reasons for it. Number right. one, I think that people are really fed up with this Browns team. They had really high expectations coming into the year. They have not met them. They're coming off of one of their worst losses of the season by 14 points to the Arizona Cardinals. The coach is supposedly coming back, which nobody wants. He's on the sideline getting yelled at by one of their star players. Another player, Kareem Hunt, says, 
players aren't trying their best. They're not, they're not trying as hard as they can. Baker Mayfield then has to comment on that. Now, recently, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, is talking about the fact that he's frustrated that they can't get lined up right all the time. I mean, Dave, it's a shit show. It really is. Like, <laughs> we should do something on this show where we have um, days, drama-free days in Cleveland or days since the last drama in Cleveland because it Ooh. seems like you'll never get more than two or three days. There's always some comment, some something, some quote. some. It, it's a disaster. And they're playing a Ravens team that wants to clinch the number one seed, that wants home field advantage. They want to be able to rest their guys against the Steelers. And I think the Browns fans are very, uh, A, fed up, and B, realize that there's a pretty good chance the Ravens are going to come to Cleveland and smash the Browns. I think I think the score is probably 31-17, something like that. Might not even be that close. And I think Browns fans are like, you know what? I don't want to go sit in the traffic and be there and watch my team get smashed. I'd rather go to Star Wars. I'm sick of this team. I don't want to get them and watch them get killed. <laughs> a couple of things. Number one, I love the drama-free days countdown. So we could start it from yesterday because that was the last drama. Jarvis Landry blast the reports from the NFL Network that he was screaming out, come get me last weekend to Arizona. And he said, don't try to slander my name. So I think that would be the drama that we'd start the countdown from yesterday, although they're guaranteed to do something on Sunday. So we probably have to start it, uh, update it on Monday. But as a football fan, I guess I would expect you to go see essentially the baby Yoda of the NFL, the hottest commodity in the country, the most popular, the best watch in the game today. I would go see Lamar Jackson just to say I saw that guy in 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 purpose, like in front of him in person right there, I would pay 18 bucks to see a legitimate MVP and something, a record breaking season, just to say you went there and have the ticket stuff. The only thing that would slap me towards star Wars would be, of course, football games are better at home. Movie theaters and in particular star Wars much better in the theater. Like, I really want to see Star Wars in the theater because I don't want to have to see it here at home, even though you have the big uh, flat screen. Just a better theater experience. But, Ross, you wouldn't, in a second, plunk down 20 bucks to go see the wizard that is Lamar Jackson right now, the MVP? I would. But you were asking me if I'm surprised by Browns fans. I would, but I'm not a Browns fan. I, you know, mm. like even our, our producer, Joey Gelman, who hit us up on our, our Slack said he's a huge Star Wars fan, but he would choose Ravens versus Browns because he'd absolutely pay $18 to see Lamar when he can see Star Wars anytime. I get that. But you don't feel that way if it's going to be Lamar embarrassing your team. If you are a diehard Browns fan, you don't want to see Lamar, the MVP, destroy your team. That doesn't make you happy. That doesn't give you joy. There's not mm. a lot of logic to going to a Star Wars movie instead of the Browns game when it's the last Browns home game and you go to Star Wars for the next three months, right? That, like, that doesn't, right. that's not logical to do that. 
But I think those people, uh, and maybe they stuffed the ballot just to show their dissatisfaction <laughs> with the Browns. Yeah. I got to tell you, Dave, you got to coach me up quick on Star Wars. How many have there been? And the oh, original shit. three, which are the three <laughs> I've seen, are those right. the middle three or the last three? I know they're not the first three. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like a Star Wars nerd. Like, I don't know my history that well. I mean, I grew up, as you did, although I am older than you, we talk about that. I grew up on Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, and Empire Strikes Back. And and to me, those are still, if I power rate them, easily the top three. But I do talk to some of the new school people who, who could factor in at least an episode of two or, or two in the top like five power rankings. So there's the original three. This is episode nine total. And those would be the middle three. So this is the final installment. I'm definitely not a geek. Like I would not line up for it. The only reason I would go on on the opening weekend is because now you don't really have the whole line thing doesn't matter. You get your own seat. You get to sit comfortably. You don't have to sit in the front row. So I'm all for that experience. Well, I don't understand that. Why? Why is that the case? Well, because now you buy your seat online. You don't just buy a general admission. Now the theaters are much nicer where you get your seat online and don't have to worry about when you are there. That was a miserable experience. I did that for Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back as a kid, waited for a couple of hours to be one of the first. I, I would never do that. Wait again. a minute. So movie movie theaters well, near you have reserved seating now? Don't they everywhere? Isn't that a, isn't that a thing coast to coast? No, not here in Pennsylvania. Is that right? Oh wow! Because out in Colorado, still, still they are go, all You still that. go to the movie theater. You pay your money and you go. When you get there, you sit somewhere. Wow, PA has got to step up, brother, because I go to Colorado and see movies. They're all reserved. California to see movies, all reserved. See movies in Florida. I, I am shocked to hear that. You guys are stuck in the dark ages, my friend. So we've got Lamar Jackson versus Star Wars. What about Lamar Jackson versus Russell Wilson? Who is the MVP? Who is the prototype NFL quarterback for 2019 and beyond? And if you started your organization with one or the other, who would it be? We asked Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus about that earlier this week. Here's his answer. Who's a better quarterback and who would you rather have for the next five or ten years? Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson and why? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It's basically the MVP debate this year, right? Um, I think Russell Wilson is a slightly better quarterback overall, but Lamar Jackson right now is dominating teams because of the offense they put him in, because he's developed as a passer in a way that he wasn't a season ago. You know, obviously, he's arguably the most dynamic rushing threat in the NFL at any position. Now he's become a good enough passer that teams can't just forget about that. We've seen you know, the Jets, we've seen a couple of teams recently basically try and take away the run game and dare him to win as a quarterback. And he can now. This year he can. Before he couldn't. You know, I think you still lean Russell Wilson because I think he's sort of scheme proof. I think you can put him in any scheme in the NFL and he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. I don't know that that's true for Lamar Jackson. I don't know that it isn't, but we're, we haven't seen it. So I, I think you got to lean Russ. Wow. Sam Watson. PFF.com, got to check them out. The best information on the NFL and college football. This season, 
Made no secret about that. Lamar Jackson's my MVP. Lamar Jackson's the guy I'm taking to win a football game the rest of the way this year. Per that question, you asked him if I'm talking about the next five years. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one for me, but not for you, huh? Why are you taking Russell Wilson, Ross, over Lamar Jackson? I'm torn. I lean a little bit Lamar in the short term, Russ in the long term. Yeah, to me, it's Russell Wilson, and it's not a whole lot of hesitation. Uh, And the reason is because of the sample size, among others, right? I mean, Russell Wilson's been playing now since 2012. And by the way, he's never, I repeat, ever missed a game. This will be his 140th straight start to begin his career, regular season and postseason I just don't know if you can count on that from Lamar Jackson, especially with his style of play. That seems unlikely. I also think that some percentage of Lamar Jackson's success is tied directly to the fact that his team, the Baltimore Raven, has a competitive advantage schematically right now in every game they play. I don't know how much that advantage is going to be next year. I still think they'll have an advantage. I don't know if it'll be as significant, and I don't know how that will impact Lamar Jackson's production and effectiveness. I think Russell Wilson's style is never going out of style. There's nothing new that defensive coordinators can throw at him, and I'm extremely impressed by Lamar Jackson. But Russell Wilson is incredibly clutch, Seahawks are 10-1 and one in one-score games this year. He's got a better yards per attempt than Lamar Jackson. He's got less interceptions. He's more accurate. I just, to me, I think he's more sustainable, and we have a bigger sample size. It was not a one-score game when they played each other in Seattle, though, this season, it was 30-16 to 16 Ravens over the Seahawks. Interesting, though, because Lamar Jackson really struggled through the air that one, 9 of 20 passing, but he ran for 116 yards and a touchdown, and that is plain and simple why they won that football game. Mark Ingram had only 46-yard rushing, so Lamar Jackson stared down Russell Wilson in Seattle and got the win in a hostile environment. In the short term, I'm going with Lamar, but you wrote an article on The Athletic this week that says Russell Wilson is the prototype quarterback in the NFL. Now, I wouldn't argue with you that he might be the guy that you start your organization with for the next five, maybe even beyond years. But how can the prototype quarterback in the NFL be five foot 11? I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes in terms of a prototype. I want a guy who is six, three that can still move around like Russell Wilson. I think what makes Russell great is something that is not, you cannot replicate. It's his mind. It's his calm under pressure Uh, And I just don't think that is something you can duplicate in terms of the physical prototype. I want a Mahomes type guy. Well, what's crazy about it is that, you know, Russell Wilson wasn't drafted until the third round because he was the outlier. You know, there weren't any starting quarterbacks in the NFL less than six feet tall. He was the outlier. And even though he was so good at Wisconsin, People just thought, nah, he's 5'11", you can't do it. 
third round pick maybe is worth it down the line a little bit, but you can't take a guy like that high. He has totally changed that, Dave. Like, they took a quarterback, 5'10", Kyler Murray, with the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Because of Russell Wilson, there's no chance that happens without Russell Wilson. And I think the outlier from 2012 is now kind of the prototype. Like, when you think about decision-making on and off the field, you think about durability, athletic ability, escapability, touch, the long ball, how he handles himself, leadership. I mean, you go right down the line. Now, don't get me wrong, Dave. You know, if you put four inches on Russell Wilson, I'm sure that wouldn't hurt. And maybe that is the prototype. Russell Wilson, but a little bit taller. (laughs) But I don't want to sacrifice what he has or what he brings to the table. And if he was three or four inches taller, I don't know, maybe he wouldn't be as mobile. Wait, maybe he wouldn't see things the same way. I, I think he is what you want. I think if you asked every franchise, maybe with the exception of the Chiefs, I think if you said, hey, for the next five years, who do you want? I think most, if not all, would say Russell Wilson, which says to me he is the prototype then. It's an interesting discussion that could go on and on, and we will we will see that play out in the short term, who wins the MVP and who advances further in this postseason. It's going to be a fantastic argument. And the game of the weekend is a beauty, and we've talked about it a lot here between Dallas and Philadelphia. And an interesting little spin on this before we go and before we leave you all for Week 16 in the NFL. Great Saturday on the way. Reminder, Ross has the call on Westwood 1, Bills and Patriots. But Eagles and Cowboys is the game. And our friends at 105.3 The Fan, Ross, had a little interesting spin on West Philadelphia. I hope you're not too young to remember the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You do, right, Ross? I know the Fresh Prince. I'm all over the Fresh Prince. <sighs> okay, good. The, 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 what, what, we all got familiar with Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, into the great sitcom. So here is the interesting twist from Sean and RJ as we leave you here on a Football Friday on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air slash Cowboys Eagles twist. We'll see you next week. Now this is a story all about how the Cowboys are soon to be playoff bound. And I'd like to take a minute, just let it be, about how the boys will get a dub in Philly. (laughs) Great start. Philadelphia batted in days. Fans still don't know if Wentz a foe should have got paid. Biting on play action, reacting all slow, or relying on receivers that nobody knows. When a couple of boys who were repping the star wanted to remind them who they really are, they got one little trophy, said we're hot sh-, till the Cowboys come to town and make them eat it. They haven't lost to Philly when Zeke has been cleared, and last time I checked, I'm thinking he's scheduled to appear. And don't forget, Powered, yeah, they say that that cat is rare, while Dak might say, screw it, yo, coop through the air. <laughs> I'll turn off the TV around 7 or 8 and I'll yell to my lady yo girl make some dinner prepare the table celebration on feast to sit on our thrones as the kings of the east dude holy mackerel Troy producing Roy maybe with your best production ever Hey everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live 
every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.